Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show and I'm your host Craig Carlisle. Super Tuesdays is what I always begin with. Right, Chatham? We're talking about this thing. We're trying to we're trying to have real talk about real life. So let's let's have a real talk conversation today about real life. We've been dealing in this whole series the Lord has given called Political Party for some time now. It's just looks like it's about week six. And I'm like, Lord, okay, what are we doing with this thing? What are you what are you saying? What are we trying to do? What do you want us to do? Where does this end? Where does it go from here? When do we turn it? And the Lord's like, no, we can't turn yet. We're going to stay right on this path. I was expecting all of this political stuff to be done and over with, right? I mean, election's done. People would say it's all over but the shouting, but in case it's not over yet because the Republicans are still shouting. Nobody's singing yet. Well, I guess they did sing and we watched the Biden campaign or a Biden-Harris campaign, they sang and they jumped and they, people or in certain parts of the world, they took to the streets for peaceful demonstrations, apparently, with masks. And they danced and I even saw one report. It wasn't like the public said, it was the, it was the reporters that said they were reading signs and they were, some of them were saying even hi-ho, the wicked witch is dead. And I was like, wow. Is that what we've come to nowadays? And I'm not going to talk at all in, in this episode, so don't worry. If you were about a political statement about what who did Craig vote for, and am I happy one way or the other? I'm I'm just I'm just sitting here talking about what the Lord has put on my mind, right? I'm just sitting here talking about where we are as a country, was where we are as in the Christian community, where I where I've experienced our I don't want to say complacency. That's not the right word. It's where we find ourselves dealing with the issue of politics. And I find myself very, very frustrated, kind of very, very in between, not even kind of anywhere. I, I find myself wondering what would, what could we really have done with all of the energy and the venom and all of the passion. That's probably the word I'm looking for. Not even venom, but for all that passion that people spent trying to, cheer on their candidate whether you were for or against on one side or the other whether you were what, what sets you were claiming red or blue and I use sets to those who are into the whole gang affiliation I, I said it that way because it seemed like that type of thing every four years we seem to divide families and friends along the party line and I just found it to be fascinating in a bad way how that could happen. And I, and I get it. You know, people always, people will hear this now, they'll probably listen and think, about, man, is this guy not, you know, black guy? Why is he not excited about Harris being the first woman of color being elected to the highest office in, well, almost in the world, right? I guess you could say American is the largest, toughest, baddest country on the planet. Okay, Am I excited? Yes, it's very. It's a wonderful time to have a woman of color in the office. But I can't put that fact ahead of where I am as a Christian, as a Christian father, where I'm, where I still find myself now. Just because Kamala Harris is in the elected position as the vice president elect, 
I don't, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican listening to this and you're saying, well, the votes haven't been counted. <laughs> I'm going to do my best not to waver and go down a path without finishing thoughts. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, this is just a, it's a moment where I believe the Lord has allowed me to have real talk about real life. Because again, I tell you, I'm not trying to be the Howard Stern of Christian talk, but there's some things in the black community that we just don't talk about. And, and we're just, we don't really do anything about it. Oh, we'll talk about it in our homes and we won't really talk about it out publicly because, yes, the first woman of color being in this position is a wonderful thing. It reminds me of, you know, 12 years ago when Barack Obama was elected president. And I was, I didn't, I honestly didn't think he was going to survive the election, let alone survive two terms. And I'm not, not even talking about the standpoint of his, his natural health. I didn't think. He was going to be allowed to live. And now we have an opportunity with this young woman now to being the second in command, a change in power, a shift in color, a flipped in state. My children have actually been able to see that now. They've been able to see several life-changing events. And as a parent, you really are wanting to see that with your kids, right? You, you're wanting to be a part of a history-making event. But man, so I've seen a black man as president. We've seen a, in the process of seeing a black woman elected as president. Well, if they don't drop the hammer, they say. A full pun intended. Saw it. An interview on Fox News where we was talking about the Democratic Party has some type of team that's used this hammer application to change votes. I'm not a political guy. I don't know if that's true. I don't know what fake news is, but I know what my father is telling me to do. My father is telling me to to speak because being a dad, as the as the race was being announced as who the winner was several news sources and several responses were coming out that the certain, I don't wanna, I, I'm going to call them terrorist groups because we have terrorist groups that live right here in the U.S. and they operate freely and not quite, not quite sure how they're able to operate freely in the United States and it's no big deal and it's always seemed to be like it's common practice, but there's no no place on earth that I know of that says that we're so much against terrorist organizations that we'll we'll leave our country and go thousands of miles away and take all of our military and we'll we'll hunt down terrorism at its core. We'll we'll hunt down Osama bin Laden. We'll hunt down the, the leaders of every imaginable Muslim negative organization that meant to do this country harm. And, you know, you know, woe to the to the country that was responsible for the Twin Towers being destroyed on 9-11. There was no hole deep enough to keep the U.S. from going down to find out those perpetrators and murder them, kill them, get seek revenge for this great nation. But yet we allow, because of certain amendments that are protecting, uh, supposed to be protecting all of the people, because we are we, the people, because we live here, we are citizens here. 
But yet when it comes to the terrorist organization of the Ku Klux Klan, we're allowing them to continue to operate here freely with no recourse. And they can walk around proudly displaying their sheets. <laughs> and that's actually kind of funny when you think about it. The Klan can proudly display their sheets in a country that allows them to have freedom of expression, but they're not free to express who they are, so they'll wear a sheet and a hood over their head with these little eye holes and a place for them to breathe. But yet they'll come and they can burn our homes down and hang us men, and, and it's okay, or they can have credible intel be leaked out that purposefully or accidentally, whatever you want to call it, let's be real, it's where the NAACP had actionable intel, credible sources to say that they were going to be recruiting and initiating over the weekend. It's not recruiting, but initiating over the weekend where the initiation process was to hang a black man, a child. If you couldn't find a black man, then a woman will do. But basically get the job done. So I felt myself again over the weekend feeling some kind of way. My 12-year-old Jackson, he, I, I know my sons, I didn't say anything to them about that. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to create any panic or alarm in, in our home. And I'm not trying to say our area is, is any different because if it's your time, it's your time. And the Lord's only give, going to give you the time on the earth that he allows for you, to, for you to have, for us to have, for us to live and do and work out his plan. So I began to wonder, I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, if this is, if this is true and not another bit of fake news, then I don't want the kids to go anywhere. And But yet I, I'd already given my word to Jackson earlier in, in the week. He asked, can he go over to his friend's house? And I'm like, oh, okay, they're not people of color. So I'm concerned now. I'm like, well, I began to instantly think, you know, seriously, serious business. I'm like, well, are they part of the clan? It was this already part of their plan to take my son, capture and kill him? I mean, is he, is he going to be a part of someone's initiation? And what should I do? I should probably have him stay at home. And, and, and you know, I got to be a good parent, right? Because in NAACP, it has already put out the word that I need to, you know, not go anywhere by myself and use the buddy system. And, you know, I need to be on guard and I need to be in alert and be vigilant. I can't just let my kid just run really nilly. And I, I dealt with that for a good, a good strong day. And, and a few hours into the day, he was supposed to leave and began to ask the Lord, like, what am I, what am I going to do? And I, and I began to find peace in that decision to let him go and continue to live because this is what we're supposed to do is to live and follow God and not have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a sound mind. And I'm like, Lord, I, I want to be powerful. I want to have a sound mind. I do have a sound mind. I am power. I'm, I'm, I'm setting that daily declaration right now. I'm declaring that over my body. I'm declaring that my sons are safe. I'm declaring that they are protected. I, I'm blessing them with, with, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I'm, I'm blessing them with peace as, as we move along this way. And I know that the enemy is coming like to steal, kill, and destroy. Like he's coming like a roaring lion in our life. That's what the word says. But the, the truth is that he's not a lion. Had a waking vision of what that meant to me, what I saw that to be in my life. 
And he's not a lion. I don't care what shape he takes, whether it be the shape of a beautiful person in your life coming to give you the things that you really want. Or if he's coming in the shape of a lion, if he's not coming from God, then it's obviously from the enemy. Cut it up and take it anyway for the visual that you want in your own life. The devil can give blessings too. And some of the doors that we walk through are not from God, they're from the devil. We need to make sure that we're understanding that, yes, we are co-creators with Christ, that we have the opportunity to do what we want to do. We can, you know, we can bring things and manifest them in our own life that may not have anything to do with God. But we would only know that if we're actually listening to and spending time with God. So I let my son go, and I found myself various parts of the weekend wondering, let me make sure his... This location service is working on my phone. Make sure I know exactly where he is. But the truth is, that was where his phone was. And I began to think, well, I'm going to text him and he'll respond to me and, and make sure he's okay. And then I'll know. Well, that could have been the person who, who had abducted him responding. I began to wonder, okay, well, I don't even have these parents, these people's address. And I don't even know the parents' phone number. And I began to, to, to continue to worry and panic and wonder. But if I truly had faith and I truly believe that Romans 8.28 is still valid, that all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purposes, that he was going to be what he was going to be. I'm not going to say he's going to be okay because when I was you know, going through the earliest stages of, of, of my new life with, after the passing of my wife, I used Romans 8.28 as the catch-all scripture. It was the, I don't know what else to do, God. I, 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 I'm at my wit's end. I've, I've hit rock bottom. I, I don't know where else to put my faith but in you. I don't know what to do with my pain and my hurts and my loss. So I'm just going to put it here. I'm going to put it in this catch-all scripture. Romans 8.28 is going to take care of everything. It's the, oh, well, what the heck scripture. It's all going to work out. But that's not what that is actually talking about. It's not the catch-all scripture. It's the reminder of the truth. It's the truth scripture like other scriptures are the truth. This is a foundational scripture that all things do work, have their work. All things are in fulfillment of God's law, of God's not law, excuse me, cancel those words, but fulfillment of his plan for those who love him. We're going to fulfill our plan if we love him. That agape love, that, that love we have for God. And are called according to his purposes. That's God's purposes. So we're either going to have that faith and go, because what had happened to my son? What would have happened to my son? Nothing happened to him, of course. So let's, just, let's get to the end of the story. He made it through the weekend. He had a great time. I'm not saying he had a great time because he went over to his friend's house, but he had a great time because the Lord kept him. His days were not over. As a parent, I, my faith was reminded that God's got him. Because even if we sat in a house together, our house could be home invaded and we all could be killed. We, and we could even just not wake up tomorrow morning. We could, I could fall dead at the end of this broadcast or mid-breath and no one would ever know. But it begins at home to teach faith. We'll be right back. It's been a long time. Preach, preach up. If you really want to party with me, you got it. 
This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip-hop music show. We're all getting back to live and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I, we're playing the best in Christian hip-hop music. Mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for air times and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and both Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to the Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. So we're right back here and we're continuing the same thought about it begins at home and week six of our series and the Lord's really been wrestling and dealing with with me personally about this but the, about this series and what it really means to me and for it to begin at home and my 17 year old and I we have been having a lot of conversations about the election and one group or another and faith and not faith and what do we really put our faith in Talk to my oldest son and make sure, you know, son, watch out. I heard, you know, NAACP's got credible intel. Make sure you just, you know, keep your head on the swivel over the weekend and beyond. And just don't be caught unaware and just don't be asleep right now. Yeah, you bring up the old saying, stay woke. But it, it still applies. And should it have to be this way? That's the sad part. But we can sit back all day long. I can sit back all day long and just rant and rave about how it is. Versus how God wants it to be. And where do we find ourselves in that? Where, where do we place our faith? Are we putting our faith in man that a terrorist organization is going to kill us? Or some you know, singularly or divided-minded crazy person is going to do something? Or does it really matter who sits in the office of the president of the United States or any country? Does it really matter? Because we know God's still on the throne and we, we, it's easy we can say those things with our mouth and write a check that our faith can't cash, but do we really believe that? Do we really believe at the beginning, the middle, and the end of every day that God is in control? Do we, do we really have an understanding and a picture in our mind what that really means? Or does it just mean that I got it because I got the money in my bank account to got it or to get it? Does it, does it really matter? Do we really understand that that we didn't just wake up because we had to go to the bathroom and then didn't lay there and continue to sleep and pee the bed. We were able to get up on our own strength and go to the bathroom. Do we think that we, do we really understand that even if we were in a hospital bed and couldn't get up and we really had to use a, a bed pad or a pan or something that God still got us to, do we really understand that what it means in the scripture? Do we have a personal understanding of Romans eight twenty eight? To understand that all things do work together, and so let's, I wanted to. I spent some time looking at that particular scripture, and I thought, well, what's ahead of Romans eight twenty eight? What's below Romans eight twenty eight, or after? And find out what does it really say? Because it's easy for us to 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 mix up the translations of our, our favorite scriptures to to set it to mean something to us, 
But we need to make sure we understand what does the scriptures say? What do the words mean? What's the back, background? What's the context of what's really going on? So we really understand when the Lord said it, or when the Lord had it to be divinely written and ordained to be said and scribed, what did it really mean there? What do the words in the Greek and the Hebrew actually translate to? What's the backdrop? What's the backstory behind it? What, where are we? So Romans 8, 28, I, wanted to, I need to read it. And I, I love reading the Passion Translation wherever I can because it, it spends a lot more time taking the definition, the root, the, the, the phrasing, and the nature of what was behind the story actually making it into the sentence so it reads without having to wonder what's the definition of that word, what's the definition of that phrase. Romans 8.28 from the Passion Translation says, so we are convinced. And I have to stop there on the word convinced because that stands out because other translation says we know. And in looking up the word in the Greek and Hebrew there, it, it's, it's a knowledge that you just don't hear from others. It's, it's not a knowledge that you just kind of find along the way. It comes from experience. It comes from an, an inner place of assurity that God placed there. That we know that we are convinced that we know we have our facts have been checked. So in this whole political season, those have been fact-checked things that we know. That every detail of our lives are continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. So we'll stop there. Some of us may be thinking that, you know, what's good in my life right now? I don't really have anything good. My life sucks and I don't want to be here right now. So I should just, you know, eat a bullet like my old boss used to say and just go from just just die. Or maybe some of us do have it, you know, great right now. We got the whole thing on lock where it's just, you know, roses and daffodils at the moment and sweet smelling perfumes. That's, that may be wonderful as well. Because we all want that. But wherever we find ourselves, it's part of God's plan. Because even when we have find ourselves with much or we find ourselves with little, we've got to be content. We've got to not be complacent. The word there's not complacent. It's content. We've got to understand what it is to have and what it is to have not. And understand that in all cases, God has us. He has a plan. He loves us. So when he allows us to have more, or it allows us to have what we have. We have to be thankful for that. So continuing to read. So we're convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Some of us, our purposes are to die. Some of us, our purposes are to be great. Some of our, in a manly sense, for some of us, our purposes are to speak, be examples, to live, to do. I talked to a, a young lady who's a friend of mine. She's a mother of, I believe it's three at the moment, I believe. And she's about to give birth to her fourth child. And she and her husband had just suffered a devastating uh, miscarriage a little over a year or so ago. I remember I we had interviewed that couple and we'd spent some time talk, talking and sharing. And still to this day, she still remembers her unborn child and the details of that. But she shared 
that the Lord had given her the Lord had given her a vision of that that she wrote in her journal in 2007 and 2008. And this is 2020. This was 13 years ago. But 13 years prior, the Lord had given her a vision and a dream of what the circumstances around her losing a child would be. In startling detail that now, 13 years later, that she goes back and she's read this now. The Lord says, hey, this is going to happen to you, so beware. And she, and she had not paid attention to that until the time that she reread it. Which turned out to didn't feel like 13 years ago to her felt like that moment when she was going through that experience. But it was a detail. A detail. Worse said, so I'm con- we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for God's perfect, to fit into God's perfect plan bringing good into our lives. So she's about to give birth now. She's not too far away from the due date. And the Lord was so gracious to let her know the purpose that he had. I don't know if it's really the purpose, but let her know that, look, this is a fulfillment of something I already told you was going to happen. And I say all that to give a portion of some other person's testimony to remind us that we all have testimonies. We all may not have those times where the Lord has shown us uh, something that was going to happen to our life. Because I found myself wondering the same thing. I'm like, Lord, did you, did you tell me I was going to be living a single life? Did you, did you tell me I was going to lose my wife? Did you, did you tell me that? I'm like, Cause, but our story is not like every everyone else's story. Our story, our stories are unique. Our relationships with God are unique. So I couldn't get mad at God and be jealous of, of, of someone else because of what the Lord told them. I have to be excited about the, what the Lord told me. We have to be excited in what we're living, how we're living, why we're living. We need to be excited that we are living and not be so pressurized in terms of my president is not in office and I was cheated out of this and if things need to be this way or I'm tired of being a parent today. I'm tired of being the, the responsible one. I'm tired of not having. A, I'm tired of being single. I'm tired of being married. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. So we're saying if we continue to lament and write our own, you know, book of lamentations, the book's already written, so we don't need to. We don't need to write anymore. But if we continue to feel sorry for ourselves and throw our own temper tantrums that we're going to miss what the Lord has for us and the plan that he has for us. We're going to miss the detail that it takes. I'm a car dude, right? So I love to go to the car shows. I like restored cars. I like the newer ones too. Don't get me wrong. I like to find that perfect blend, if you can even say, where I love to have the new technology wrapped in the look of the old cars because there's so much detail the old cars had. A lot of heavy steel and iron in a lot of cases yeah but there's something about an old school classic car but man i tell you they ride rough that because they didn't have the technology back then to make the cars ride smooth and handle like a you know like a dream and take those corners and accelerate and drive themselves like now you know but at the same time just the fit and the finish that it takes in some of those vehicles that you look at like man they they had everything all worked out. The way the dash rolls, the way the steering wheel fits in my hand. 
Man, it's awesome. And I, I, I don't have a car. I haven't owned a car yet. I should say that. So let's cancel the words that I don't have. I don't have a car yet that is like that. I like the car that I have, the cars that I have, and that's they're 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 there, they fit the function, but there's not this one where you can kind of go, oof, look at the detail. But to step beyond that and and not take for and not be responsible and be thankful for the Lord's given allows me to miss a great detail. The Lord has provided a vehicle for us to ride in, to to be to go where we need to go, to do the things that we need to do in a way that's comfortable, in a way that's sufficient for now, for this particular season, for for this part of our life. We look at this political season the same exact way because it begins at home with us on how we're going to respond to where we are politically, for where we are as a country. We have to be able to respond in the way the Lord would have us to. If he has you marching on Washington or your capital and you're standing there peacefully protesting with or without a mask, it's up to you. Because some of you believe that Corona is a hoax and, you know, some type of political whatever this is. If that's some political host, man, you know, it's funny. It's like people are waiting for Olivia Pope to pop up and fix this whole thing with the election because, you know, somebody wrote that script and they or probably many scripts have been written on that and waiting for it to pop up and fix the coronavirus too. But Olivia Pope's not God. Joe Biden's not God. Kamala Harris is not God. Donald Trump's not God. Vice President Pence is not God. So why do we spend so much time placing our faith in a man I've seen so many pope, so many posts here lately about. It made me laugh. She's a wonderful, beautiful lady. And I know she loves God. I know she loves her convictions. And I'm not, you know, not not throwing shade at her anyway. But I saw her post. She said, "Even the devil thought he had beaten Jesus until the third day." And I laughed inside. I was like, "Are, you, are we serious right now?" If this is this where it's come to that we really believe that this place, this present age, is more important than our future hope. And I'm not, you know, it's 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 her thought. We'll cover that more when we get back. We're, this is the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951 
757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carla, on WKBY 1088. So continuing the story for the, from before the break, and I know when she hears this, you know, I'm not throwing shade at you. And even when you and I have a chance to have a conversation in person, face to face about your post, it's how you feel. So it's true to you. My perspective, though, is, is can you imagine if we spent all the time campaigning for a, a candidate, a proposition, a bill, a law? A person. Was that really what God needed us to do? What if we spent that time with him, for him, doing something for the greater good? And and some people can, I'm sure people can argue back and forth to their blue in the face, back and forth, back and forth, about how that's how things get changed, Craig. And, you know, you live in this bubble and you're not, you know, you're not paying attention and things are different for you and your family. You you don't understand what it takes. It takes, it takes all that sometimes to to do and to go and, and to make change. And you just don't... That's fine, but that's why in the body of Christ, there's, there's, it's a body, it's different limbs. I'm just not a part of the body that does that. That's just not who I am. Because my, my position in the body, in fact, that's one thing I need to pray for. Lord, what, what part of the body am I? Because as we look at our bodies, there's some parts in the body that are glamorous, right? The mouth. The tongue, the lips, the teeth, oh, glamour. There's the eyes, there's the brain, there's the elbow, there's the hip, there's the toe, there's the big toe, there's also the toe jam between the toes. All right, I got you. It wasn't part of the body, I get it, just making fun. But there's also the colon and the, the sphincter, the sphincter. I'm not a medical person, so, you know, let's make it right. There's the bladder and there's the stomach. Okay, so... Those are gross parts. There's the ear and there's the hair follicle. There's the scalp. Some of our scalps are bald. Some scalps have a head full of luscious hair. But what part of the body are we? What function are we performing for the Lord? Are we cleaning the blood? Are we the lungs that take in air and exchange oxygen for carbon dioxide? Are we the stomach that's smashing and have acid inside? holding the, the food that we eat that's not necessarily good for us and trying to provide that to the next stage of the body down to the small intestine, large intestines like you can actually pull the nutrients out? Are, are we the large intestine that we, that we get to the point where all the nutrients have been pulled out of the food and then we've got to push the waste out? Ah, are we the bladder that holds that urine water? Are we the fingernails that may have gotten clipped and fallen off? That means our time is over? I mean, let's think about it. Are we that part of the, the colon, that part of those... That last part where the last piece of poop is pushed out, that gets wiped on a daily basis? Are we that part that eventually has hemorrhoid problems? I'm not trying to be gross, but I'm trying to elaborate on a point. That there's so many times when we think we're the hands and feet of God, and we say, oh yeah, we are the hands and feet of God. Yeah, and that's true as, as as a human being. But that doesn't mean that we are the hand of God. That doesn't mean that our position in our role is the mouth and voice and lips and tongue of God 
or that molar or that. Some of us are the wisdom tooth. The wisdom tooth was a tooth or our teeth that no longer serve, serve a purpose because our diet has changed so we don't need that extra tooth in, the, in our jaw to grind on raw meat. And so that unused tooth and the reshaping of our our bodies, there's that tooth that usually is found itself sideways and under a tooth embedded, we're impacted where we've got to be surgically, or taken under the knife basically and have that removed. Some of us are, I'd hate to be the wisdom tooth of God in the body of Christ because in so many cases, the wisdom tooth causes pain. It causes the teeth that are doing their job to be moved around, to be crowded and to be pushed around to get our way. Ooh, my God. We're, we're, our natural function is to make other people uncomfortable until the person gets uncomfortable enough to do something about you and remove you from work, cast you away. And that was all the time you had. I still have all four of my wisdom teeth and they all should have come out already. That's why my teeth are not straight because they're pushing around the spacing and the placement of my current set of teeth. But when we ask God, Lord, what is my place in the body? Am I a toe? Am I an elbow? Am I a part of the butt and the cheeks to help bring comfort while we're sitting? Am I the part of the back that you just can't reach when you, because your arms just don't reach all the way back there, so you got to go get a back scratcher or wrap it up against a wall or a doorway? Am I that little mole between the webbing of someone's hand? Am I a mole? Am I a scab? Am I a scar? Because I've been hurt? And I didn't heal all the way. And I'm now as an example of when the body looks at me, I mean, I'm a monument to something that happened. Am I a freckle? That's supposed to, we want to believe is age and wisdom. I don't know what freckles really are for. Who knows? Some people say skin cancer, melanoma. I don't know what it is. Am I a piece of hair that's growing out of the skin? That eventually falls and I'm gone. That's the end of my time. Am I a callus on the palm of the hand of God so that as you're doing work as the body of Christ is doing work I'm in the laboring part so the rest of the hand is not hurt so am I taking a bullet in a, in a am I taking the pressure and the constant work off of other things am I a fingernail I still don't know what a fingernail is for but God knows there's organs in our body that no one knows what they're for but they're there some of us feel so lonely because we're parts of the body that people don't visit, don't use much. Find ourselves off in a corner by ourselves. I guess I ramble all this to say, when it begins at home, there's so many things so many, so many of us want to do and say and go and have these great ministries and be famous and have a bazillion followers and likes and people who listen to their programs and listen to their platforms, but we're not taking care of the conversations, the critical conversations that we need to have at home, what are we going to say to the people out in public? If I'm not teaching my sons of how to deal through this wicked time, which is 2020, where we've seen some pretty remarkable things, if I don't talk with them and help have a, an open dialogue 
What am I here for? What is my role in the body of Christ? What is my role in this family? It, it begins at home in teaching our kids who we are, who God is, who we are in God's plan, and helping them understand who they are in God's plan. And, and, what it, and sometimes it does take all that. Some, sometimes it does take a lot of time to do nothing. To sit still so when we're allowed to go back and get into the world again that we have priorities. We remember the quiet. We remember the moments we couldn't do. We remember what God said because we could hear him clearly. And now we're so quick to use so many of us to use this political time to jump and jump up and down and yell and scream and go, yay, rah, we got our thing. It's our turn now. And oh my gosh, this. I saw a couple other posts that made me laugh too, that make me wonder, what are we all listening for? Are we all hearing from the same God? Or are some of our God's little G's? And I don't, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I, I know there's, I know it's bad to have a little G God in your house, in, in your life because God is a jealous God. He doesn't want us to put to serve anyone else but Him. And in and in politics, it just seems to always stand out that way. Where, depending on what set you're claiming, again back to the gang affiliation, it's you're putting that in front of God. But what if we served Him with that same wicked passion? I don't want to say wicked, I don't mean from the term of bad. I'm talking about that passion, that just all-out, mindless passion that people have for their political party or their favorite sporting team or favorite whatever. If we followed God with that kind of passion and sought Him with everything that we are and diligently spent time with Him, can you imagine what the kingdom of God on earth would look like right now and where Christians would be and the level of homeless would be and our jobs would be and where we would be in careers because we would have we would be actually giving our faith to God and not faith in man. So I would we would then have the faith to believe that what he actually gave us creatively and into our hands would be what we're supposed to be doing. And then we would actually execute on those things with the fervor and faith and belief in God that we're on his plan and on his path in a way that helps the kingdom of God and not to further and help the kingdom of man. We would, be, we would be able to discern then what the devil is doing throughout the parts that he's attacking us and that we need to come together as a community and not be so separate. But why? Why are we not this way? And I, and I get it. It's all about the fall of man. I, I know we go, I've taught on the Tower of Babel before, and I get it. It's just all a part of God's plan that it's not going to be perfect, Craig. You just have to accept it. And some people are not going to understand that because the part of their body that they are is, is not meant to be the, not to be there at a certain point. Or they they were, they were meant to be examples of how not to live. Some were meant to be examples of how to live. So some of us along the way, which is even so much worse, is that they, we forgot what we were supposed to do. We forgot what our assignment was. And we got so derailed. And maybe we got disheartened and disappointed in what the Lord brought us here and sent us here to, to, to do and accomplish. And we started to do the things that we thought were better and kind of got and lost our way. 
We spend so much time here on earth trying to find out the meaning of our life when we had the meaning before we came out of heaven. And when you, when I hear people say that, I used to be like, oh, people have lost their mind. What are you talking about? Because even reading in Romans 8, 28, it talks about the sons of man and and the well, son of God and then the, those, there's the created. And, and there's time making the difference and making sure there's a differentiation between the created and the sons of God. And I'm like, why the difference? And in the research is, the created are the ones that are living as human beings right now. We're wrapped in this decaying body that we call, well, decaying body and flesh, our skin. We're wrapped, these bones are decaying. We, we are the created in Romans. But at the same time, the sons of men, I mean, the sons of God are those who have already passed on. But we have to be mindful, though, that the word is saying that he, he knew me before I was formed. Ah! So when we start to think about that whole thing of where we are and where we were before God, if, if God knew us before we were born, that means we were already spirit in heaven living with him. So he's not going to spend any time with you in hell because, and we weren't in hell first because of our sin. No, we were with God first in heaven. So if he knew us before he formed us, follow the logic, follow what it said. God knew us before we were born, before he then reformed us and tuck us in that body then we already had a plan before we left before we stuck us in this body we had a plan we'll be right back it's been a long time preach, preach up. if you really want to party with me you got it this is Mr. C the host of The Framework a Christian hip hop music show we're all getting back to live and looking for something new clean and something to bob your head to well here it is my four youngest sons and I we're playing the best in Christian hip hop music mainstream indie local artists you name it you don't have to be a super producer to get on the show follow The Framework on social media for air times and locations this is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film, Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKBY 1080 AM. So when we deal with concepts that are abstract, concepts that get off the beaten path, concepts that take us into those higher things of God, into those meaty things of God, so we can stop drinking that milk and you know put the cup down. And I know our bodies need fluid to help the digestive process, but you also need some heavier, weighty things of God too to chew on it and think about. It. And so we can we can get a further understanding of who God is. And who God is to us. It's so much easier for us to deal just in our shallow you know, minds. And I, and I say shallow because we allow them to be shallow. Our minds are so 
powerful and, and, and for us only to use a portion of it is because we're not allowed at this moment because of the fall of man, because of our sin, to use our brains to do the higher orders of God, so to speak, right? If we can only believe that, that we as a human being exist at a point wherever scientists are saying and, and then political, you know, policies have said that this is a human being when it gets to be so many weeks, now it's a human. But if the word of God does say, and it does say that, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And then it, and it talks about how we were predestined. So if God had a plan for us before, for before we got here, oh, so follow. God had a plan for us before. That means he knew us before. And, and, and that that knowledge and that knowing isn't because it's just in, in the mind of God. We were there. He he knew. I had to stop and go get the get the wording on that. This is this is Romans 8:29. So we make sure we understand what we're talking about here. God foreknew. This is 8:29. For those whom he foreknew. This new this is the NIV version, so I've, I've switched from okay, let, let's go back to the let's go. I know we're gonna hurry, we're running out of time. Okay, so 829, reading out of the Passion Translation, for he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means that this means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Are we, are we, I encourage you to read it for yourself. Are, are you listening here? For he knew God knew. And this is, and we talk, and, and God is mentioned here. This is Theos here. This is the Godhead Trinity. This is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those three people, persons in one, knew all about us before we were born. And he destined us. Going to 29, let's make sure we understand. If he knew before, the word is foreknew there. Progenonosco. It's a verb. It's an action. It's a it's a it's taking place. It's a to have the knowledge beforehand, to foreknow of those who God elected for salvation, to predestinate. He already knew us. He determined what we were gonna be in the natural. This isn't a natural here, though it feels unnatural, but the sad part about it is our place with God is actually all we can call it is part of the supernatural, right? Because it's it, that's actually who we are, who we were, I should say, because who we are now is some distorted view of, of who we really truly are. And I know we weren't in heaven competing for political parties. I know we weren't in heaven trying to be supermodels and influencers trying to get 
likes and followers. I know that's not what we were because that's what Lucifer, that's what the devil got cast out of heaven for, for competing with God, trying to be more than God, didn't know his role, and got cast out. But yet, since he's the father of lies and the great deceiver, we don't drunk the Kool-Aid and fell for it, duped us. We've been had. He's the charlatan making us believe that this is what God sent us here for. Quoting the scripture wrong about going and subduing the land and making it subject to me, to you. Take dominion. So to take that Adam and Eve philosophy, go and subdue the land. dealt with the land that wasn't populated by people at that moment to go move forward and be in every place on earth that I've given you. Not to subdue the people, it's to subdue the land, meaning build on it. Something I told you that I've given you to your hands to do, being the co-creator with me, to be creative and build. It's also why the, the Lord destroyed the Tower of Babel. One of the things he told people, don't, don't stay there and Camp, I told you to keep going. Now we've populated almost every place that's habitable on earth. True, we can still populate places that are uninhabitable because it just takes technology, power, and water, right? But now some of us have gotten so bored and so lost in what we're supposed to be doing because we're just so lost here. Somewhere between our predestination where God foreknew us, where he knew all about us, somewhere between that time that we were with God through the birthing process of being transformed and fitted in and knitted and woven together, we've suffered some form of spiritual amnesia. And we've allowed ourselves to be taught and told that or tricked into believing that, yep, this is who you're supposed to be. Yep, yep. Because your parents, parents, parents before that, they were this. And this is in your bloodline now because they made poor choices. This, this is who you are now because this is who you've chosen to be. This what's what's what sins have been suffered against you. And now you're sad and lonely and all jacked and jacked up and broken. And this is who you are now. And forgetting the greater things of God, forgetting the calling, forgetting what we were supposed to do before we got here. And we spent all of our life wondering What's the meaning of life? Well, yeah, the, the, the meaning of life for a, a, a human, for this created, as we start talking about, if we even go further up in Romans, talks about the created are wondering what to do. The cre- this is, and the created is waiting on God to become the sons of God. And then, and I feel unfortunate because the writer in, the, in that passage he understood he had hoped to get back to God through his salvation, but what are we having the hope for something we already have? But So it comes out that, wait a minute, I already have salvation. I'm already with God. I was, I was there once, and I'm going back, but I can't go back right now, so I got this assignment I've got to do. So I need to, fulfill, I need to ask God, what is my assignment? What is my role in the body of Christ? Am I elbow? Am I a knee? Am I a genital? Am I an eyeball? Am I follicle here? What am I, God, in, in this plan? What do I need to do for you? And go do that. Because I'm I'm very positive 
that so many things that we're doing right now as a community of people has nothing to do with what God sent us here to do. It's doing everything that the enemy, the devil himself, Lucifer, has already made us to think and duped us into believing. We need to spend the time with God, whether it's fasting, prayer, whatever it takes to understand and ask God to reveal to us what is our role, because it begins at home there. If we don't understand as a parent what our roles are, then we can't teach our children what they need to do and have them understand that we come from a long line of prophets or we come from a long line so many generations of of healers of seers of a long line of minstrels we have come from a long line of this is who we were this is our assignment but if we don't know our assignment we can't go do the work we've got to be able to ask god and listen and stay still long enough and be long suffering and make sure we understand god this is what was i what did i sign up for before i got here oh i got it. i'm supposed to go do this i'm supposed to prepare the the people for god's return i'm supposed to be like a lighthouse you know sounding the alarm for for blessings or curses that are on the way oh i was supposed to be a worship leader i'm supposed to be a pastor and a teacher i was supposed to be a healer i was supposed to be could have been a contender but somehow I forgot through the birthing process yeah I knew I was going to forget but I forgot that I knew that I was already know and that if we don't read our word and go back and rightly divide it we're not going to understand where we're supposed to be that's why a lot of people when they're old and wiser when they have so much less strength to rely upon and put their faith in then we get the whole thing of God I know time is well spent I'm Craig Carlisle, your host of the Raising Men Show, and we're, it begins at home. This is week seven, week six of this series, and Lord, we just thank you for this time, and I continue to bless everyone who's listening so that they would be able to hear what you would have to say, God, not me. What my dad used to say, hide me behind your cross, God, so people would see you and not me. People would hear you, God, and not me. Join us again here next week. I believe we'll have another guest next week and we're continuing to talk about the same topic. It begins at home. See you next time. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you.